It's great to have him back on board. He joined us earlier this season in his fifth quarter debut, bringing him back for an encore performance. Writes for The Athletic and has been covering the Packers out for a couple of seasons. Please welcome back Matt Schneidman to the Brew House and the fifth quarter. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Happy New Year, bud. You as well. All right. Um, Sorry about your Yankees. That was a long time ago. I know I it was, but I haven't that. seen you since. Sorry about your Yankees. <laughs> okay. I know All the right. season didn't end the way you wanted it to I'll with them. Over well, it. he could say the same thing about us Brewer fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to say sorry to myself, however. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. Well, this football team's done it, Matt. 13-3. and three. What in the hell? And, and it seems this year's team, look, Two years ago, they got their doors blown off against the 49ers in the regular season, and we knew entering that NFC title game yeah, they were not the best team. Not ready for primetime players. Last year, same thing with the Buccaneers during the regular season. Even though they were the one seed, it still didn't feel that they were like the prohibitive favorites. This year, it feels a little different. And that's saying something, considering all the guys they've been without. They're getting contributions nice. from guys like Dennis Kelly, Rasul Douglas. It's just crazy. It's different, and I, I think for the first time in these last three years, uh, I, I really do feel the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl. Even last year, with what was it, 8,000 folks spread around, banging stuff on the metal bleachers yeah. and everything else like that. It was a lot of noise, and I thought outside of two and a half minutes, they were the better team. Kevin King's meltdown, Aaron Jones' fumble in and out of the half, flipped that game, and they were still there with a chance figuring how you wanted to finish that series at the end uh, from getting it done. Uh, but I agree. I, I think the way that one got away when all Rodgers wanted was one of those at home after losing three in a row on the road in some of the most painful fashions ever, uh, that this team has really realized, all right, we've got to grind through where they are right now, one week to kind of set the table, but it's the next two that the unfinished business thing has got to get taken care of. It's funny because two years ago it was, oh, they're away. Last year, Rodgers was like, oh, let's just get one at home. This year it's like, all right, now now we can go one at home with fans, with gr that Green Bay weather that was there last night. So it seems everything is kind of coming together perfectly this year. There's no excuse to not make the Super Bowl this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think they are equipped to do it, even missing four of their seven pro bowlers for almost the entirety of the season. And now that begs us to the question. Another tease with David Bakhtiari today. He's going to be back and practicing on Wednesday. Jair Alexander, now he's in the COVID protocol, which obviously messes things up a little bit, complicates matters. But he appears to me, we've watched him run around in practice. He's spry, enthusiastic. But has he thrown that shoulder into a, exactly. a brick wall, much less a player yet? I, they haven't been able to determine that. The other guys, Billy Turner, Josh Myers, Zadarius Smith, Aaron sure sounded optimistic like there's a chance. The way I'd rank it is Randall Cobb is the only one who's 100% coming back. Rogers said definitely Randall Cobb's coming back. I wouldn't assume it's this week, but they'll definitely have him for the playoffs. I would put Jair right after that in terms of likelihood to come back. LaFleur used the term he's close in terms of physically, like right. you said. They still need to make sure he can hit people. And you can't really simulate that in practice, so it's tough. And then I put Zedarius, Billy Turner, and Josh Myers, and Bakhtiari even in the same camp of we just don't know. I mean, Bakhtiari's been on and off the practice field for the last three months. It's been over a year since that ACL. And 
I was thinking out loud about this last night. As good as David Bakhtiari is, as good as Jair Alexander is, they're arguably the best players at their respective positions in the world. Do you want them coming into a winner-go-home game after not playing for a year in Bakhtiari's case, months and months in Alexander's case, or stick with the guys who have been playing well, although they don't have the same pedigree before? Like, would you rather Yash Nyman playing well for the last couple months and Rasul Douglas playing well for the last couple months or guys just cold off the street? That's why it's important for the Lions game. If these guys can go, let's see what Uh, they can do. You know, Because you're right. that that LaFleur becomes a really today, tough question. You know, yeah, that's what he's de- deliberating now this week. But you know, he said, you know, those guys have cachet. Let's understand it. Uh, but to expect a Bakhtiari level performance uh, against, let's say, whomever, Mike McCarthy's Cowboys, and wouldn't that be fun? Uh, you know, right out of the gate, thirteen months removed. Uh, well, twelve months removed, or Alexander since October to be at his tenacious level right out of the gate is a awfully big reach to me. And I, I have said this all along. If the Packers had David Bakhtiari for the playoffs last year, they would have gone to the Super Bowl and maybe won it. Rick Wagner had not proven during the season that he could handle top pass rushers. Yash Nyman has proven that. He's gone up against the best of the best this season. Uh, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Miles I think Miles he went Garrett, through the top five sackers. Literally. And... He has proven he can handle it. Yes, David Bakhtiari is great, but Matt LaFleur said yesterday, while Rodgers was optimistic that they're going to get some of these guys back, Matt LaFleur said if they're back, great. And he essentially said he's kind of lowered lowered his expectations. He kind of had them earlier in the season, but has been teased, like you said, a little bit. I think they can win the Super Bowl with the team they have right now if none of those guys come back. Yeah, I, I, Didn't Rodgers say like a 60% David Bakhtiari, he would take that? But I don't. I, I don't know. I right. would take no, I don't, know I don't think you would. Yeah. But he did also say something interesting too yesterday. Is that because he, based on his own experience, just when he returned against the Bears, you know, in that late season game mm-hmm. and had the fourth down thing to Cobby, or that Carolina game when they somehow still had a chance a couple of years ago to try and get into the playoffs, just the psychological lift of seeing twelve in uniform uh, was felt throughout the roster. And, I, and he thinks there may be something to that, seeing a 69, 23, and 55 at least dressed for a playoff game. Cobb's important. I, th- I think Cobb's the one that maybe we're not talking about as much because he's not the all-pro, but the security blanket that he is, especially on third downs, I mean, he had, what, four catches for 92 and a touchdown yeah. in the first half before he got hurt. If you get him back for the playoffs, and he hasn't had as big of a layoff as everyone else, that's huge because it opens because, stuff up for MVS and Devontae. That that one's big. Yeah, MVS just hasn't done a thing since the hamstring thing, yeah. and he just seems to vanish at times. And I know they love him for stretching and everything, but without MVS being targeted, without Bobby Tunyon, especially after Josiah DeQuara runs a Bobby Tunyon route perfectly and Ooh, just ball does was not there. have Bobby yeah. Tunyon hands, unfortunately, uh, you're right. Cobb's impact on the passing game especially when we're seeing Baltimore triple and most every team try and double Adams to little or no success, regardless, will help. Definitely. I I think Rodgers hinted that they might get him back for this game, but if you look at Bakhtiari, Alexander, 
if they designate, designate these guys to return from practice off IR, they take the full 21-day window. Right. They're very, we, you know, you've been around. Yeah. You, these guys are, don't rush guys back from injuries. But would they do it just to get some, some feet warm before the playoffs? Rodgers made it sound like it's a possibility with Cobb. I would be surprised if it happened, but I've seen stranger and I think, things. And I think it still might happen with Alexander. I think they would like to get him out there and just running around this Sunday. I think that's a possibility, even though... Got to get him off the COVID list first. Well, uh, yeah, all right. He went on just yesterday before a kickoff, so... Five days? Five days. Although there were guys that were coming off even sooner than five days. Yeah, I mean, the, the new protocols definitely help, but Alexander will probably miss at least one practice this if week. If not two, yeah. If not two, so that'll make it even tougher. I know. Very, yeah, very difficult. Speaking of COVID, they're not done with the bug yet. Uh, Dennis Kelly, Darnell Savage, and David Moore all go on the reserve COVID list. Um, so It's not going away. Huh? It's just not going and that's, away. And that's a big X factor for a playoff run. Because, as you've seen, it could be the day of, and bam, guys are pulled. But even under the old 10-day thing, these guys are fine. I mean, we're yeah. two weeks out, uh, obviously, so more than that uh, from from the playoff game. Uh, they've also uh, brought Chauncey Rivers. Yeah, it's fine if you're just... on the list now. I mean, leading up to a game I, uh, on yeah. a Sunday, eh, it's an X factor. Have you noticed, I, I you know, for the last two weeks, it's been daily reporting on the number of cases or positive tests league-wide are they still running wild i, I know the eagles 30, had a- 36 today maybe the eagles oh, yeah. had a bunch today the thing is so there's the 90 player after a player test positive they don't have to test for 90 days right. Devonte adams 90 days are up a couple days after the divisional round aaron Rodgers, 90 days are up a couple days after conference championship weekend so is it possible Devontae Adams test positive right before the conference championship game, Rodgers right before the Super Bowl? It's possible. Of course it's possible. But Kenny Clark doesn't have to test for the rest of the season. I don't believe Devondre Campbell does. Um, but Rodgers and Adams are, are two to keep an eye on. Obviously you hope they don't get it, but it's a possibility. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Well, I, you know, I think it played a very large role, obviously, in the Vikings' demise. And yeah. I certainly think in the case of the Browns, where they were right they had a chance to be the one North leaders, you know, after that Green Bay game, going into that game, and now their season's out. Uh, and I think COVID had a big hand in that. All right, we're just going to take a break real quick. Matt Schneidman of The Athletic is our guest. When we come back, more on the contemplating going on regarding Sunday's finale against the Lions, the whole playoff picture, and anybody want a shirtless wide receiver? We'll talk about that when we return to the Narrow Bridge Brew House in the fifth quarter right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Packers over the Vikes, 37-10. Off to the Motor City. I'm not going to go to the Detroit game. If they had to play for the one seed, I would have made the trip. Uh, but this will be the first one I haven't gone to in Detroit in, I don't want to tell you how long. So I, I miss it. I'll be there. I know you'll be there. I know. Uh, yeah, not like the old Silverdome days, but I like Ford Field. Let's see what happens. Not bad. Every week after or every after every game, uh, the Packers PR staff puts out a, a sheet of post game notes. You know, just little nuggets on statistical things that happen yeah. in the game, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And this one after last night is just ridiculous. All right, told you about Lafleur. Thirteen and three times three never happened in NFL history. Thirty nine wins, most ever in the first three years of a head coaching tenure. Twenty two home wins most ever in the first three years uh, of a coaching. This is for a guy that was a one-year play caller. Uh, can we just say, 
you know, and everyone just says, all right, he's got Rodgers. But there's something about this guy. Yeah, I, I still don't know if he's going to win Coach of the Year because I'm not a voter, but people look at which teams exceed expectations the most. You look at the Bengals and the Eagles are probably the two. <laughs> I told you, Z. But yeah. LaFleur's done a fantastic job, and just because the Packers were projected – to do pretty much what they've done doesn't mean that he shouldn't get. He had to navigate, but the obstacles they faced yeah, this year with injuries. Four months of, uh, of a soap in. opera that makes all my children right. look like a comedy. Okay, before this thing ever even got going, wiped out by injury, COVID hassles, you know, trying to game plan with he had no idea it was going to be up every Friday practically, and then yet having this team. Still avoid the pratfalls that befell every one of those teams you mentioned. And perhaps one of the more underrated things he's done is figure out ways every week to get Devontae Adams open. <laughs> and I'm being serious because every team doubles him. We saw the Ravens tripled him. Safety help over the top all the time. And finding ways to scheme him open is really, really important, especially when you don't have other receivers because let's be real Alan Lazard's a, a great piece for this offense but he's not drawing double teams away no. that's why they wanted Odell Beckham because he would draw those some of those double teams and some of that safety help but finding ways to scheme Devontae Adams open and, and still have him be one of the more productive receivers in the league has been really nice that the, the note section on Devontae Adams all right 117 now uh eclipsed his old uh, record that lasted all of a season that's the most in history uh 1498 yards 21 behind Jordy Nelson's record he's the first player in NFL history with 115 plus 1350 plus and 11 plus in back-to-back -back seasons no one else in the league has done it I mentioned his first eight-year run he's now got 93 uh touch uh, receptions against the Vikings most in NFL history against Minnesota passing double D he moved past Don Hudson for number four on the all-time list in receiving yards uh he now has uh, 31 100-yard games, one away from James Lofton. If I'm not mistaken, they got a building named after Hudson, who's in Canton. Yeah. Lofton's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Rogers said this guy is putting up ridiculous numbers and is going to be enshrined. Yeah, in he's the Pro Hall of Football Famer. Hall of Fame. I think these are my two favorite stats about Devontae that he's accomplished. So we all know that 2014 2015 his first two years people were calling for his head right very unproductive since 2016 so the last six seasons he ranks among all wide receivers in the world first in receiving yards first in touchdown catches first in catches <laughs> so he's been the best receiver over the last six years that's a hall over of fame stretch in six itself years and yeah. last night six receivers in nfl history have caught 600 passes for 8,000 yards and over 70 touchdowns in their first eight seasons. Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Marvin Harrison, Larry Fitzgerald, Devontae Adams. Four are already in the Hall of Fame. One is going to be when he becomes eligible, and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I don't, that's just nuts. Uh, and then the quarterback. And as you mentioned, it took him a couple of seasons to get going yeah. and get on He's to that He's done that, that all in the last six years. Yeah. Forget yeah, the yeah, first yeah. eight. It was a quiet start, and then the drops in year two, and everybody was going, what in the hell? I mean, we got to get – we got to get this quarterback some weapons who are reliable. You know, Jordy's getting up there. Jones is getting up there. Cobby's still there, and this guy isn't helping us. Well, funny thing happened on the way to the Hall of Fame. And as for Rodgers, uh, 12th game this year with multiple TDs, no picks. Uh, no one's ever done that before. Uh, multiple touchdowns and no picks and six in a row. Uh, Don Meredith did it. Tom Brady's got that record. He's got a few weeks to go for that one. But How about this one? 
against yeah. NFC North opponents in yeah, the last two years. I'm sorry if you were about to say go this ahead, one. Go ahead. Ten and two, obviously, with the two losses coming to the Vikings. Rodgers, 36 touchdowns and no interceptions in, in the division the last two years. 132.5. Why would he want to go anywhere else when he can just do that in the NFC yeah, North? I, right. it's, it's ridiculous. And, and the picks thing is, is just killing me because I'm watching Stafford throw, th- you know, he what threw three pick sixes in five games. This guy's thrown three in his career. Stafford three. threw three in three straight games. Yeah, and he's got thrown three in his career. Yeah. Yeah. 17 years. There is a difference in talent there, yeah, <laughs> I mean, for sure. Just, absolutely not. So, Matt, you're not sure that Matt LaFleur is going to win Coach of the Year. Are you sure that Rodgers gets the MVP? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty convinced. And, you know, I'm not an MVP voter. I, I would vote for him. But there are writers like myself who vote. And, you know, I'm not judging whatever they do with their votes. But Rodgers didn't make any friends this year with yeah, the Yeah, I was going to say, is there an anti-vax no, faction there, there among be. the 50 people who do vote? It should be voting based on... Who's the most valuable football player, regardless of whatever you feel about what else he's said? And he's the most valuable football player in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor, really nice. Cooper Cup, yeah. 130 yeah. catches, but 184 targets, I think, this season. Uh, nice. If, if you really want to get technical with most valuable, the actual definition, look at Packers' offense when they played the Chiefs without him. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't very good. I, I didn't. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, and Brady would be in that conversation as well with his season with he's Tampa. He's going to hit five thousand yards. He's yeah. got 40, 40, I think, right on the nose. Right. It's really a what have you done for me lately sure. kind of perspective, though. Like last year, Mahomes fell off at the end. That's what gave yep. Rodgers it. Last couple weeks, Rodgers has been on a tear. Brady got shut out against sure. the Saints. Barely beat the Jets last night. So I think that might skew some things. And does that factor in with Brady that most of his receivers are now? COVID or out. I mean, he's dealing with a lot of backup guys too. Yeah. But I, if that factors in, then you got to factor in that Rodgers right? is playing with a backup offensive line and, and <laughs> the entire and one, season and yeah. one formidable receiver when Brady right? has three sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, MetLife Stadium yesterday, Antonio Brown situation, Matt. I've never seen anything like it. Crazy. Uh, never seen anything like it. Bruce Arians, reportedly, wanted him to go back in. He said he's got a sore ankle. Aaron says, get in there. He said, no. Off come the pads. Off come the gloves. Into the crowd. Shirts removed. Strolls through the end zone in the second half of that game and waves goodbye. Yes. So I covered the Raiders in 2017 and 2018. And 2018 was when they signed him in March. And I remember getting a text from John Gruden the night they signed him saying, we got him. He was so happy that they got Antonio Brown. Um... And I was at that introductory press conference in Oakland, or Alameda, right outside Oakland. Antonio Brown sitting up there with his kids, and I believe his wife at the time. I don't know. Um, And he said, I want to be Jerry Rice. I can keep being a number one receiver for a long time. I want to get to Jerry Rice's level. And, you know, obviously there's stuff off the field that has tainted his image, but it's kind of sad if you look at it. I'd There's agree. There's clearly something wrong with him, whether that's on the field, off the field, whatever. I don't want to make assumptions about what's what's going on in his head, but he was on his way to becoming one, one of the best receivers of all time. He is a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame receiver. Well, we talk about Devontae Adams. He's the got Hall he of Fame in, talent. Exactly. No and, question. And he's wasted it. Uh, yeah. I think Brady was on the compassionate side saying, you know, we all want the best for him. 
we all hope he can find some help with whatever he's dealing with. But Bruce Arians said he's no longer a buck immediately after the game, yet uh, the Monday waiver wire is now come and gone, and he's still on the roster. He hasn't been cut officially. I think they're just trying to figure out how much of his money yeah. they can keep. Could the and, NFL step in and possibly just do it for him with another suspension after the anti, you know, the the fake vax card had him sit for three, and this is just another thing where they could watch the. Imagine Bucks if Devontae hands. Adams did that, just walked off the field. Like you see Odell Beckham Jr. punching people yesterday, Jalen Ramsey punching right. his own teammate in the face, Antonio Brown walking off. That doesn't happen. And here. here's <laughs> yeah, and here's my point for everybody. But it doesn't surprise you with the Odell Beckhams and the Antonio Browns because they have a history of that. I mean, I understand. It makes but, you appreciate Devontae yeah, Adams. Exactly. But Packer Nation, every time one of these guys demands a trade or a great star player like a Ramsey who slaps teammates or OBJ's nonsense or Antonio Brown, you gotta go get him. You gotta go get him. No, you don't. That's it's the why. talent that is so That's intriguing. The uh, it's intoxicating. Yeah. I agree, but intoxication leads to you blowing up. You know, zero point six seven or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Brian Gutekunst, to all his credit, in my opinion, would just as soon go get a Devondre. Eh, let's go find a Rasul. Get him into this system. Dennis Coach Kelly. Him up. Dennis <laughs> right. Kelly, guy that you know can play, and and let's just see what we can do with that. And I applaud that approach. Much as much grief as Goody gets for not going all in. Just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think all in's gonna get the Rams anywhere. All in comes in different shapes and sizes. It doesn't mean you have to go get the Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham Jr. And mortgage your draft till twenty forty. Right. right. I mean Brian Gutekunst has hit on some really key guys. You said Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas, the two main ones. Dennis Kelly started every game for the titans last year <clears throat> he was unsigned until july 29th the eve of training camp july 29th, and he's come that. in and he has not allowed a quarterback pressure in three of the four games he's played not a pressure not a pressure in any of the last two games in 81 snaps as a pass blocker they've gone back to back without a sack for the first time in 11 years it's just crazy that is uh with adam stenovich should be an offensive coordinator somewhere next year if nathaniel hackett gets a head coaching job i think stenovich should be the offensive coordinator here I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. If not, just make him an assistant head coach slash yeah. O-line coach. Give him to, some more money. Yeah, at and, least. which is more money and another tag and another way to keep that staff intact. Matt Schneidman of The Athletic is our guest. When we come back, we'll look ahead to how it's stacking up in the postseason and what we can look forward to in the finale against the Lions. Don't go away. We'll be back to Narrowbridge Brewhouse right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We got one week left in this regular season it has flown by again but we got a few more shows to go with the divisional round coming up at lambo hopefully an nfc title game and a trip to sofa stadium matt schneidman of the athletic is our guest tonight all right pack the one seed locked and loaded uh right now rams are two bucks are three cowboys after arizona helped out slipped to four that didn't look good yesterday and they also lost one of their receivers today to an ACL. Gallup is done for the year for Dak, who just, to me, is running really hot and cold. Yeah, you know, the Packers, aside from week one, have not had that total fall apart game that they've had each of the last two seasons. Yeah, well, they've had special teams go through a spell. They they found ways to win. They had the 49ers two years ago where they got blown out at, at Levi's, then they had at Tampa, 
last year where they got blown out. And this year, the Buccaneers had that against the Saints. They lost 9 nothing. The Rams have had a couple. The Cardinals lost to the Lions a couple weeks ago. Cowboys fall, fell apart yesterday. Jaguars like, beat the Bills. The Packers are the most consistent team, and that's why I say I think they're going to the Super Bowl because we were just talking. Tampa was really the only team that I thought could beat Green Bay and come in here and do it. But no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin. I don't know if they can. Leonard Fournette's a good player, but he'll be coming off cold because he's been out for the last couple weeks. I mean, he'll probably have a couple games under his belt, but I think the Packers are just better equipped mainly in the pass protection department to handle Tampa this year. So you thought Tampa had the best shot. Is there another team that scares you at all besides Tampa? And even Tampa you're not sold on. Arizona doesn't. L.A. doesn't really. I'd say Dallas. Mm. And I just, from a storyline purpose, I don't see Mike McCarthy coming in here and winning a game right? sending the Packers home. But (laughs) the thing is, like, I know the Packers' run defense was a lot better yesterday, but that is their weakness, and the running back tandem, arguably the best one, right alongside Aaron Jones and and A.J. Dillon, is Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. So they could cause some problems. What, 45 yards yesterday? Elliott, 16? Yeah, well... there are three teams in the NFL with two running backs, both over 1,000 total yards. It's the Broncos, Cowboys, and Packers. Right. Elliott and Pollard have more combined total yards than right, Jones and Dillon. So I know it, it, I mean, I'm more scared of Tony Pollard, really. Yeah, I am too, to tell you the truth. Uh, and here's another thing that just is driving me nuts. All right, this kid digs for Dallas. He's got 11 picks. Everybody's yeah. just gushing over this guy. He's given up over 1,000 yards in coverage I was just going to say, I saw that note today, and every time I watch – Dallas play, I go, I go, this guy is way overrated. Someone said picks. he's the Jameis Winston of cornerbacks. Yeah, 30-30 <laughs> guy. Yeah. I agree with him. Yeah. Uh, just terrible. And Brown on the other side? Nah. No. I think if they can just deal with Parsons and a couple of the guys up front. It, yeah, it's the pressure they can happen. bring with that, uh, yeah, that front four. So. Yeah. Anyway, Arizona's five. Philly's in, but I think they can't go any higher than seven. Right. And, and then so, San Francisco and San will probably Francisco's get San holding on to the number six spot, but they still haven't clinched. And New Orleans is the only other team with a shot. They need all kinds of help. They're eight and eight. Uh, so we shall see. So that's how it's kind of matching up. It, right now it would be uh, the Rams and Eagles, Buccaneers and Niners. That's a good game. And Cowboys and Cardinals again. With the 4-5 game, the one you got to watch because right. lowest remaining seed uh, would come to Lambeau in the divisional round. Titans back on top in the AFC. Uh, haven't clinched the one, but they're one. Kansas City slips to two after Cincinnati. Your North champions beat them. Love the Bengals offense. They're going to be the trendy pick the to, to surprise offense. some people. Wow. Burrow, 900-some-odd yards uh, in the last couple of games. Just silly. Jamar Chase, I was impressed when the Packers were in Cincy. Buffalo's at four. New England at five. There you go, Z. Those five are all in. Uh, Indy's holding six. Chargers holding seven. Chargers and Raiders play the final game of the regular season in a win and get in or lose and go home game, which is the way it should be in the final game of the regular season on Sunday Night Football next week. If they tie, I think both of them get in. If the Jaguars beat the Colts, so they should just agree to tie. Just play to the tie. (laughs) Play to the tie. See what happens. Anyone... Other than maybe Kansas City really scare you, or does Tennessee, once Derrick Henry gets back, become a little more interesting? I still think Buffalo is, is my team there. I think 
you know, if they just catch the Chiefs right, or is it Kansas City? I don't even think it's Kansas City. If Aaron Rodgers plays in that game in Kansas City earlier this year, I think the Packers blow them out. I mean, I know they're they're getting hotter, so if I had to choose one, it would probably be Kansas City. But Derrick Henry didn't really do much when they came in uh, here last yeah, year. he was rolling along last yeah. year. But that was in title. the snow. If it's in L.A., it could be a different story. It could be a little bit different story, so we shall see. But it's going to be a fun final week of the regular season. Um, so, bottom line, Matt, probably get guys in just to break a sweat in Detroit on Sunday and get them out of there and then just uh, hope the virus stays away. Maybe get a guy or two back, but I agree with you. I don't think they necessarily believe they have to have those guys back because they're playing just fine without them. And then let's roll the dice and, and see if a packed home field will lift the pack to the top. It's funny because today Matt LaFleur told us, he said, I am not comfortable with the guys getting three weeks off. So they're going to play some amount. And he was asked, you know, are you going to treat it like a regular game and that if it's close down the stretch Rodgers and those guys are just going to stay in and he kind of hinted like we might have to approach it like that I, so I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't. I would play the, st the starters I mean you can't you got to keep the offensive line in because you got nobody else to play on the offensive line but like Rodgers Adams Jones Cole, Van Lannan the pirate I would it. play them a half if that all right uh, because I remember 2011 15 and one absolutely juggernaut team as defending Super Bowl champions Got the bye, sat everybody down, final week, came back a couple weeks later, wet themselves against the Giants. And Matt Floor said today he's going to get criticized regardless of what I he agree. does because right. someone might get a tweak if they all play, and he's going to get criticized for that, or Aaron Rodgers gets his toe stepped on. But if they don't play and they come out rusty with another one of their slow first quarters, he's going to get criticized for that I know, too. I know. But I'm not worried because, as I said at the top, I think the greatest strength – of Matt LaFleur is tailoring a plan week to week based on who is available that week. He has done it and won it 80% of the time since he's gotten here. So, in LaFleur I trust. One Matt to another to another on a fifth quarter tonight. Hey, Schneider, it was ha great having you on again. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you coming by uh, and uh, have fun in Motown. Stay out of Greektown. I'll try. All right. Matt Schneiderman of The Athletic, <laughs> our special guest tonight.